0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Home and home. Hello. Are you depressed? Are you feeling down? Are you feeling blue? We're here to help you. You are not alone. Post-football depression syndrome. Is it a real thing? Are we alone? And feeling that on a Tuesday home and home, a Radio.com sports original a depressing Tuesday. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out. Nothing gonna bum you out about their services. ZipRecruiter.com/enter. They are the smartest way to hire.
1: The feeling yeah. you discussed. That is how I feel Super Bowl Sunday every year. It is the most bittersweet day of the year for me. I absolutely love the sport of football. I love going to games and getting paid to call them. I love watching it on television. It's what I did. It's what I do. Love it. And more so than any other sports, once it's over, there are legitimately seven months until there's another football game of consequence. I guess now, late August, there's some college football games, but I mean, there's almost a full seven months. Now, I will say this, Dave. I have mixed emotions about that, right? Because on the one hand, football is by far my favorite sport, and I'm going to miss it dearly. On the other hand, you know, I now am free on Monday nights, Thursday nights, Sunday nights. To do other things with my family, whatever. And in fact, this past weekend was like the first weekend since late July, I think, that I was home the whole weekend. It was kind of nice. It it was kind of interesting. We we went out to dinner as a family. Like, it was kind of cool. So, I actually know what it's like to be a parent and home with the family on weekends. So... I look forward to that. That's a so there's there's pros and cons for me, I guess I would say. but it doesn't take very long before I'm wishing there was a football game on.
0: Yeah, I think not knowing what to do with your time is difficult. And for me, the most difficult time is dead time is empty time. time to sit around and think. i I, I do enjoy the the added time with my family, but I get, quite frankly, more time with my family than just about any human being on earth. so, With all due respect to my family, I don't need more of that. I don't think they need me around more. I don't travel to games like you. So, yes, I certainly do watch Thursday, Sunday night, Monday night, and all day Sunday. But I'm still around my family. I'm not missing in action, not traveling to games as you do. So, I don't think they need me around anymore. So, what we have is a couple of things that could make you feel better. There's the time with your family. There is... The NFL draft 78 days from now, we don't want to concentrate on next NFL season because that is 218 days away, 218 days before we have NFL football back in our life. So we cannot concentrate on that number. That would just feel like an eternity. What might make some of you feel better is XFL season is right around the corner. It kicks off this weekend. It's never really filled the void for people, whether it was the whichever league that has started up and failed quickly, not last XFL time, not the American Football League. Um, So the XFL starts this weekend. I don't think, I hope it succeeds. I love football. I hope it succeeds in all its glory and fills the void in our life. I don't think it will. I don't think we'll ever turn to another league to fill the hole left by the void of the NFL. Do you think that regardless of how successful this league is, can anything ever truly fill that NFL void in your life?
1: I don't think the XFL or last year, the AAF can fill the void, but I would describe it, Dave, as easing the pain. And it was kind of nice last hmm. year when the AAF was on number one. I enjoyed those games, but in a weird way, Dave, it was nice to be able to pick and choose when I watched football. In other words, AAF game was on. Nah, I got to go do something. AAF game's on. Okay, I'll watch it. You know, when there's an NFL game on, I I have to watch it. And I'm I'm happy to. Don't get me wrong. But I need to watch it. I mean, I'm going to talk about it the next day here and a million other places. Especially when there's a standalone game. I need to watch that game. I have to. AAF. Is different, And now the XFL will be that way where it'll be more of a curiosity, more of a, I want to see what it's like. I want to check it out, but I don't have to watch every second because I'm not necessarily going to be talking about what happened on the eighth play of the third quarter on next Monday's home and home after the XFL debuts this weekend. I'll watch it. I'll be I'll be interested in it. See how the television differs. I thought the AAF had some really cool different rules. I thought the sky judge was awesome. The XFL has some cool different things. I'm curious to see those in practice. Curious to see how the XFL compares to the AAF. And I hope it's successful. I hope it's successful for the guys playing that there's more opportunities to play football for money. I think it'd ultimately be good for the NFL if there were was another solid spring professional league. And I think it'd be good for us if there was another place to put our eyeballs on the weekends. Because for me, Dave, I don't know about you, yeah. but for me, this is kind of how my sports calendar works. Right after the NFL season, this is kind of when college basketball season starts for me in earnest, if you will, I've kind of been following it along, but I kind of dive into college hoops now for the next two months, you know, like the end of the regular season and then, you know, conference tournament week and then the NCAA tournament, March madness. I like to get involved in college hoops then. Then after the final four, then I put more attention on the NBA As they get closer to the end of their regular season. And again, I know who's good. Like I'm watching it, but I'm not, I don't make it my priority. Like, and by the way, football, NFL in particular, is always number one, whatever the news is Vernon Davis retiring, whatever. Uh, But I go from NFL to college hoops, really probably to the NFL draft, then to the NBA playoffs. Then to full fledged swimming and drinking season this summer.
0: That's about how mine works as well. I dive full on into college hoops right now and haven't paid much attention up to this point. Now it's a little more difficult to get into college hoops right now, in particular because you have seven number one teams already, and we are just early in February. That's more than all of last season. You have no true stars in college basketball i mean this isn't to test but i mean can you name five college basketball players in the country right now i'm assuming not and that's not a knock on you or anyone else i'm guessing no one in our audience could either
1: um no i don't think i could
0: no no and, and that's because there is a true void, not just a void of football in our life, but there is a void of true stars in college basketball right now and a void of true excellent teams, which theoretically, we've talked about this before with football, with baseball, with basketball, people always say they want parity and they love parity and equality in sports. They don't. They love great teams. They need someone to root for, but they really need someone to root against. And college basketball does not have that in any way, shape, or form. They just don't have great teams, and right now they don't have great players. And in part, that is because too many guys are leaving college early to go on to the next level. Far too many players Leaving early. Interesting, uh, from one of the millennials here, XFL slogan ideas. Yeah, we should get some nice XFL slogan ideas. Easing the pain. Not sure that has a nice ring to it, though. Uh, Speaking of which, what would be a good XFL slogan? I think Fox started it right. They did it right, which is. Fox had the campaign during the Super Bowl of post-withdrawal, post-football withdrawal syndrome. They nailed it with this promotion because all of us do feel a little bit of post-football depression syndrome. Let's get your reaction to the Hall of Fame over the weekend. I went four for five. The only surprise to me on the Hall of Fame, and we should in case people have not yet uh, heard who made the Hall of Fame. Of course it was the safety, Steve Atwater, the offensive lineman, Steve Hutchinson, Edge, Edger and James, the great Colts running back, and Bruce, Isaac Bruce, the Rams wide receiver, was your 2020 Hall of Fame class. The only surprise to me on those five over the weekend was Steve Atwater, and I'm a Broncos fan, and I love Steve Atwater, one of my favorite players growing up. Still think John Lynch is a better overall player, had more interceptions, had more sacks, had one more Pro Bowl and one more All-Pro team. So a better all-around player, but maybe it came down to timing. Atwater uh, gets in first and maybe Lynch gets in later. That was the only real surprise to me. Those were essentially the five that I would have voted for. But it seems you disagreed with the class far more than I did.
1: Well, so first of all, it's very clear that there's a pecking order at certain positions and the voters believe someone to be a Hall of Famer and they kind of think, you know what, let's get this guy in now before it's too late, he's been waiting a long time, blah, blah, blah. And that was, it appears, why Steve Atwater got in my guess is we're a year or two or three away from John Lynch getting in for the same reason. I think maybe that happens at wide receiver for sure as well. It was Isaac Bruce's turn. Then in a year or two, maybe it'll be Tory Holt's turn. Then later on, Reggie Wayne. You know, there's kind of Dave like, skip the line, guys. You know, like Peyton Manning, right? Or in this instance, Troy Polamalu, where it's like, wow, that guy for sure. Get him in, right? He is a Hall of Famer. But then if you're not that, if you're not like that skip the line guy, I think that there's a bunch of people. The Atwater Lynch, the Bruce Holt, you know, where they just kind of feel like, yeah, they're deserving and... They'll get in. Uh, Let's just get the guy that has been waiting the longest and the guy whose eligibility runs out the soonest. Put him in first. Then we'll get to the next guy. The problem with that, Dave, is on one level, there's some really good first-year candidates coming up next year. Um, So that's one issue I have. But the biggest issue by far and something I need to address Is offensive line. I'm okay that only one guy got in. Steve Hutchinson. Is a pro football. Hall of Famer. And deservedly so. But I got to tell you. Dave. What he was asked to do. As a left guard. In a West Coast offense. In Seattle and Minnesota. Is not even close to what Tony Baselli was asked to do in Jacksonville. I got time at all five spots. All my starts were the interior trio, Fanica, Hutchinson, incredible players. I watched them my whole career. But Tony Baselli was asked to block Bruce Smith, Derek Thomas, Jason Taylor, one-on-one, for seven step drops. No help. Just block them. And here's the deal. Steve Hutchinson himself. Would tell you. That what Tony Baselli was asked to do. Was much much more difficult. The issue I have Dave. Is that Tony Baselli Is better. Significantly better. Than a bunch of guys already in the Hall of Fame. That's poor. And people say, well, he didn't play enough games. He played more games than Dwight Stevenson or Gail Sayers or Terrell Davis or Kenny Easley. He played almost a hundred games. You won't find a former player that will say that Tony Baselli didn't play long enough. And I good luck finding a former player that will say that Tony Baselli wasn't the best left tackle and arguably best offensive lineman along with Larry Allen during his six years. If that's the case, he's got to be in. If he's better than other guys that are in, he's got to be in. If he could do what these other guys did, but they can't do what he did. He's got to be in.
0: I'm not going to disagree with you. The Tony Bacelli Deserves to be in and will get in at some point, but he's on the same ballot with Steve Hutchinson, who's a seven-time Pro Bowler, a seven-time All-Pro, five on the first, second, uh, two times. This is a guy who's part of the All Two Thousands All-Decade team. You know he's not going to get in on a ballot in which he appears with Steve Hutchinson, and ultimately, yes, it is that well, why Terrell do you Davis say that? argument. Why do you say that? Why do you say that? Why do you say? Well, that? look. Because ultimately, look, I, the biggest thing that surprised me about Terrell Davis getting in, and I, and I think Terrell Davis is a Hall of Famer similar to Tony Baselli, The thing that surprised me about Terrell Davis getting in was that he got in with LT, with LaDainian Tomlinson, who did it over a long period of time. I thought Terrell Davis would never get in on a same ballot with a guy like LaDainian Tomlinson, who had a far more productive and lengthy career. Again, I think Baselli gets in, but he can't get in on a ballot in which there's a guy that did it for a long period of time. And part of that is the offensive line uh, bias. I mean, you could make an argument that two offensive linemen rather than two safeties should have gotten in on this class. But yes, that is part of the difficulty of being an offensive lineman on the ballot. I, I don't know how many have had two offensive linemen get in. I just don't think you can take, and would you agree that you can't take Baselli over Hutchinson? Being Looking at the entire. No, uh, the I entire don't agree group. with that at
1: all. Not, not, not at all. Okay, Not at all. Cause here's why Dave. Yeah. Do you mm. ever, do you ever do anything with the Olympics? Do you ever do anything with the Olympics? Yep. 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 What did you do?
0: I hosted the, uh, well, you're probably knocked this. I hosted the tennis event, the studio coverage Rio tennis event. Okay. So here's why I ask you that. You know how, what are the sports
1: where degree of difficulty comes into play? Diving. Is it gymnastics too? Maybe where like there is a factor for degree of difficulty. All right. And that that matters because you can just do a dive off the diving board, but if you do 4 flips and 3 turns, that's more impressive before you dive than 2 flips and 1 turn, right? Or gymnasts, there are certain dismounts or certain things they do in the floor routine. Figure skating. Figure skating. Okay? Figure skating. Some men and women have much more difficult routines than others. Okay, Tony Baselli's degree of difficulty with what he was asked to do is much more difficult than what Steve Hutchinson or Alan Fanica were asked to do. You, you are rewarding a guy, and I think those guys are fantastic, but you are rewarding a guy because... He dove into the pool nine times and had no splash. But Tony Baselli only did it six times, but he did eight front flips and three side, whatever you call them before (laughs) he did it. Like what's more impressive, a guy diving into a pool nine or 10 times or a guy five or six times doing crazy flips in the air before he dives into the pool. Like, you won't find a guy, Dave. You won't find a single person that played that will say that Steve Hutchinson or any often, most often done, was a better player than Tony Baselli. It's really this simple to me. Tony Baselli could have moved into left guard and could have done what Steve Hutchinson did. There is no way Steve Hutchinson. Could have moved out to left tackle and done what Tony Baselli did. This sounds like I'm bashing Steve Hutchinson. It's not. I played left guard. That's where most of my starts were. Steve mm. Hutchinson was tremendous. He was excellent. It's just not as hard of a position.
0: It's just not as it's just not as difficult. It's just not First as hard. Off. It's not as impressive. You stuck the landing on making the first ever comparison between figure skating, diving, to football. Bravo, sir. Perfect 10 on that analogy. A perfect 10 on that. I just don't think in that respect, should you penalize a guy who played guard versus a guy who played tackle, you have to factor in that Hutchinson did it for more than a decade, came to the one in 2001, left the league in 2012, member of the all-decade team, just too far a body of work. Baseli will get in before we go, and I can't believe we're on a time on a Tuesday. How would we go into the Hall of Fame? I was clearly not a Hall of Fame athlete, still working on that whole broadcasting thing, probably don't make the Hall of Fame in the broadcasting wing, so where would I fall In the Hall of Fame. And what about Ross Tucker? I guess my two most unique and talented traits are, one, my ability to make the best Bloody Mary anywhere. I cannot go to any restaurant that makes a better Bloody Mary than me. And number two, I don't know if you know this about me, Ross Tucker. I have Hall of Fame Sock Game. We don't get to see my socks here on Home and Home. You don't get to see my socks much on television, which begs the question, why the fuck do I spend so much time finding unique and clever socks when nobody sees them? That might be the dumbest hobby I've ever had in my life. But yes, it is my passion. I have great sock game. And the ones I'm wearing right now, if I can show them on the show are Bloody Mary socks. No, I don't wear shoes here on Home and Home. Why would I, I'm in my attic. I'm rocking some Bloody Mary socks, combining my two Hall of Fame traits. What are yours, Tucker?
1: So for one, we're gonna talk about this more tomorrow. Cause I don't even know why you wear socks at home, especially socks like that, that we ne- <laughs> Who wears fancy socks with a t-shirt? You're a weirdo. And we're gonna to have to discuss this tomorrow. And I'll tell you about yeah. socks. Here's what you need to know about socks. Socks are for losers, okay? Every day in which you put on socks and or tie laces, you lost that day. All right. I never wear socks. I wear slip on shoes. Winning hashtag winning. Yes. Uh, My Hall of Fames. There are three. I would be in the Hall of Fame for best three point shooting all county offensive lineman ever. Because there aren't very many all-county offensive linemen that could shoot the three like I could. Number two, I believe I would be in the Journeyman Offensive lineman Broadcasters Hall of Fame. There aren't a lot of Journeyman Offensive Linemen that get into broadcasting or have any measure of success. Because, frankly, who gives a shit what a Journeyman Offensive lineman has to say? Next, (laughs) Press Box Food Journalism Hall of Fame. I basically invented the category, okay? And someday as it grows, there will be a Press Box Food Journalist Hall of Fame, and I'd like to think that I would be the founding member, Dave Riggs.
0: You absolutely will found that future Hall of Fame. Have you ever been able to monetize this? Like, can you have, before we go, a Press Box Food Cookbook or or cooking segment in the press box with the chef on Instagram like how do we take it to the next level
1: yeah i'm kind of working on that on some level but we got to figure it out because i'd love to i like monetizing things i'm into monetizing things uh, i am I in the it- i am in the i am in the attempt to monetize things hall of fame <laughs>
0: Yeah, you are with cameo and with the front page and all the things you do. I think up next is a press box cooking show with Ross Tucker. I'm happy to be behind the scenes. I will produce it. You can be the star of the show with different chefs at every stop, college and NFL stadiums. Boom. Billion dollar idea. That might be my first here on the program. That's generally your category. Welcome back to a depressed Tuesday. It's the post football withdrawal syndrome. How are you coping with it? How do you fill that NFL void? Will it be with the XFL this coming weekend? Is it the NBA? Is it the NHL? Is it family time? Is it some other other hobby that you have? Let us know at RDC home and home on Twitter or at Ross Tucker NFL. I'm at Dave Briggs TV on Twitter. It is a Tuesday home and home. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. They are the smartest way to hire. Smartest way to get some eyeballs on the halftime show is by being flat out sexy and spicy the way Shakira and J-Lo were. I have come around to realizing I was a bit of a prude and saying it was too provocative. 77% of you agree with that assessment. But Ross, did you go too far in your Twitter behavior related to said halftime show? Did you have some, some controversy on the home front?
1: All right. So first of all, what, what, what in one day made you change your mind? Since when are you like a <laughs> uh, flippity flip guy?
0: Two things. One talking to my kids about it and which my son said, dad, dad, ain't even close to the stuff I see all the time. Hold on a second. Hold on a mark. second. How old is yep. your son? He is twelve. What does he see? Uh, it? <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I didn't ask to see it, but then I said, "All right, well, let me just let me just do a." So if you go to the Instagram right, the homepage, and you just do a search right of what images are trending, just a blanket search, you will see. Far more explicit, sexually provocative images just like that. All of our kids are on Instagram. So that made me realize right there. Wow. I guess I forgot just how provocative a general peruse of Instagram is, man. It is all TNA.
1: I don't know. How do you do a general thing? I'm doing it right now. I see a guy lifting in a video. Zara Larson, whoever that is. I don't know. I don't
0: see that much. Really? Huh? Okay. Generally, you scroll down and you're going to see at least a dozen images that just go, wow. And the stuff that is allowed on Instagram has come a long way. Just check out our friend Julia Rose from ShagMag. I mean, the stuff they allow is incredible today. Mine is like all
1: sports. Yeah, probably. It probably tracks of what you look at.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I follow a couple of, uh, uh, I follow Julia Rose, uh, including uh, a few other attractive young ladies. So maybe that's why my search skews that. But what did you tweet that's so offended? Uh,
1: well, I tweeted during the game. I was watching it, and uh, during the halftime show, and I thought it'd be funny to tweet that J-Lo has tremendous lower body power because she does. And that's like a football term. Like when you have thick, powerful lower body, you have tremendous lower body power. It's how we describe running backs often. Watching J-Lo, she has tremendous lower body power. People liked it. You know, I got a pretty good reaction to it. I can read some of the responses at Ross Tucker NFL. He's at Dave Briggs TV. We're at RDC home and home. And uh, somebody said could be a workhorse running back. Well, my wife says she does have a power source. Fluid hips. This one guy spit out his thing. Works well on the stripper pole. Sadly, neither singer actually sung. Pretty good for a 50-year-old. Yep, I noticed that too. Bubble butt, blah, blah, blah. Took some of A-Rod's vitamins. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And this is the one that my wife noticed. One guy, Tim Riley, said, don't you have a wife? That's what his reply was to my tweet. Don't you have a wife? So what? late that night, so, Sunday night, I'm going to bed. And my wife says, we talk about the halftime show. She was at a family party. I mm-hmm. wasn't. She said, did you have to do that tweet about Lo?" And I said, hmm. no, I didn't have to. I chose to. She's like, you don't need to do stuff like that. You're better than that. And I'm like, What does that mean? I'm better than that. It was funny. It's a football term. 150 million people are watching the halftime show. I didn't, you know, say she's sexy or I want to hook up with her or anything like that. I just said it's funny because like a running back, she has tremendous lower body power. She's like, well, I didn't really care for it. And, you know, one of your followers even said, don't you have a wife?
0: Yeah, that So follower I got is in problem. trouble. I got in trouble. You should not have gotten in trouble. I love your wife. She's a lovely lady, but that's a ridiculous overreaction based on that stupid follower that should never have commented about, like, look, this doesn't even get close to what might piss my wife off. I, I don't even see anything offensive whatsoever within that tweet, no matter how you interpret it. I thought it was funny. I didn't think it was at all sexual, and she does have some lower body power, man. I thought it was a good observation, but you bring up a whole other question here, and that's of wives following their husband on social media. Now, my wife does not do any social media. She keeps an eye on our daughter on what she posts on Instagram, but she doesn't spend two seconds on Twitter nor on Instagram, nor has really any care what I tweet or post. So should wives follow their husbands on social media or should that be separate? Should it be separate, but equal keep that outside? Like I would prefer my wife, not at all pay attention to my tweets. That would just involve way too many discussions. I don't want to have, I want to keep those two things entirely separate.
1: Well, I understand why my wife does. She wants to know what I'm tweeting or posting in part because she doesn't want it to be about her and or our girls, our family, Mm -hmm. because of privacy concerns, security concerns. So she would say to you, that's why she follows me. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with her following me. Mm -hmm. I'm not posting anything and not posting inappropriate stuff or saying inappropriate stuff. What I don't like though, is this, what I don't like is if there's something that's not even risque or not even edgy at all, but to get flack for it, I'd rather be like, just don't follow me then. Like, if you think that, I mean, there are people that have shows Radio, television, social media, they go way, way further than that. Way further than that. You have to understand, though, you know, a little bit, and this is a little bit inside baseball, but my wife is from a very, very rural, conservative area of Pennsylvania where everything is totally private. And evidently, you don't even say that J-Lo has tremendous lower body power.
0: Wow, I guess that is a whole new world when it comes to Twitter reactions. I say a blocker, blocker on Twitter <laughs> this morning, and let's see what the reaction is tomorrow on Home and Home. I want to see what that's like. Blocker. Tell her, hey, look, it'll be easier for you if you just don't see what I tweet. See how long it takes to get a reaction and see what that is.